Hi, I'm Jordan. And I'm Chris. We love film reboots. Uh, maybe some of them. I find your lack of faith disturbing. We love reboots so much, we've decided to make a podcast about them. You can do it! Every week, we'll dive into a different film and its reboot. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! We'll talk about the pros and the cons. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. And at the end, we'll decide if the reboot holds up. You have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. This is the Reboot Rewind. And welcome to another episode of the Reboot Rewind. I'm Chris. And I'm Jordan. Jordan, we've reached another Friday, finally the end of the week. I don't know about you, but it's been a long week for me. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm very, very excited. Very, very soon, my wife and I are going to go on our honeymoon, so we're very excited for that. But yeah, dude, it's it's been a it's been a very busy week for me as well. That's awesome. Where are you guys going, if I can ask? We're going to Mexico for our honeymoon. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. We're, we're uh, a, a year too late, but it's okay because of COVID. So understandably so, I, it's, it's all good. No, for sure. So those of you listening to the Reboot Rewind for the first time, this is the podcast all about movie reboots. Every week we talk about two movies, uh, the original and the remake, and then we do a comparison, do some pros and cons, and have a really fun discussion. So today we're talking about Dune. Uh, Now this is important because the new Dune, or Dune that came out in 2021, literally just came out uh, about two weeks ago. So uh, this is a fairly recent movie. It's still in theaters. It's on HBO Max. So we thought it'd be a good opportunity to talk about the original and the most recent rendition. Uh, So as usual, I will go into some movie facts, and then we will throw it over to Jordan for the story. So Dune came out in 1984. It was directed by David Lynch, produced by Rafaela De Laurentiis, screenplay by David Lynch, and it was released by Universal Pictures. It stars Francesca Annis as Lady Jessica, Kyle McLachlan as Paul Atreides, Kenneth McMillan as Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, Jurgen Prochnow as Duke Leto Atreides, Patrick Stewart as Gurney Halleck, and Sting as Fade Rutha. Now Jordan, I'll throw it over to you for the story. In the year 10,191, Shaddam IV, Emperor of the House of Carino, is the ruler of the universe. The most valuable substance in the empire is the spice, a psychedelic drug that expands consciousness and extends life. The Spacing Guild worries a conspiracy that could jeopardize the spice production. The Emperor fears that Duke Atreides is growing popularity. Shaddam's goal is to destroy the House of Atreides and kill Leto's son, Paul. I'm super curious since you just literally just watched these yesterday. Uh, what were your thoughts on Dune? Dude, I got to I got to be honest, I am in the vast minority. I I didn't like this movie at all. I'm not a fan, and I'm not too sure if I'm supposed to read the book prior watching to the, you know, prior watching this movie because throughout the whole entire film, even like the first like 45 minutes, it was a lot of science fiction mumbo-jumbo, and I had to keep rewinding, saying, okay, wait, what planet is what now, and who is who? I feel like there was a lot of that, and for me, that really lost me, and I I couldn't get into the characters. Uh, The overall story was very confusing. I felt like I need to read uh, Dune for Dummies, because I felt so out of the loop when it came to the whole entire script i was very lost throughout most of the film yeah um, i didn't care for the special effects i didn't care for any anything about this movie i, I don't know I, I i feel like this movie is probably a cult classic 
But yeah, dude, I am not crazy about this movie at all. Chris, what about you? What are your thoughts on the original Dune? So I've seen the original twice in my life. And I can be very specific because the first time was about three weeks ago. Uh, so I decided to watch it again because similar to you, uh, the first time watching was super confusing, right? There are a lot of things that we'll go into that, you know, made, made you kind of think, like, why do they do this? Though that being said, I actually like this. Uh, I'm a big fan of like weird science fiction movies. So this is like right up my alley. It's as weird and as confusing as it is. And I agree with you. It definitely is. When I first watched this, I said I didn't really understand what the overall story was. Even after I finished, I wasn't until I rewatched a movie, which to be fair, you shouldn't have to rewatch a movie just to understand what it's about. Right. So see, I see your point. But yeah, I had to watch this twice to get what the story was uh, because I wanted to be kind of prepared for when I saw the remake. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this, though I will say it does have its issues. And I understand why a lot, a lot of people don't like it, though I know this has a huge following, right? And I know this is you know based on books. And I, I think you, you would have, have to have read the books in order to understand what was happening in the movie. It doesn't do a really good job at, at explaining very much. It kind of just throws you right into it. And yeah, they along the way, you get some bits and pieces of the story, but it's still overall just kind of confusing. I, I wouldn't say it's a mess because it does follow a specific structure, and I would say it flows well once you understand what's happening. But yeah, if you're a first-time watcher, you may be super confused, uh, but overall, I did enjoy it. I thought it was a fun, kind of quirky movie. Let me ask you a quick question, Chris. Listen, I'm not familiar with Dune at all. I've never even heard of Dune. This is so... When I found out that Denis Villeneuve was doing a remake, I was like, what the hell is Dune? I never even heard of the book series. I never even heard of the original movie that came out in 84. So this is all new to me. So... Let me ask you a question. Have you ever read the book? Like, did you did you read the book prior watching the movie or vice versa? Uh, no. So like many of the films that we've talked about so far, I did not read the book prior to watching the film. And I think because of that, I was that's why I was super confused. There are things that they just kind of throw at you without explanation where you're thinking, wait, what just happened? Uh, but no, I did not read the books prior to this. This was the, my first exposure to Dune. I had known about Dune for a few years now, really in the last maybe three or four years, but I just never sat down to watch it. I took this opportunity for the show to finally sit down and watch it. And I was kind of surprised that I liked as much as I did. You know, I'm kind of upset with myself that I waited this long to watch it. But at the same time, it was super confusing the first time I watched it. Dude, I love I love weird, quirky science fiction, and you know, I mean, I, I like Star Trek. I'm I'm not the I, I'm not the biggest fan of that original film, but you know, the overall, uh, you know, story of Star Trek is fascinating. I'm into Star Wars, so I I, I really do like science fiction, you know, properties. But for some reason, this one just, you know, what it is too. I I feel like like again like the dialogue and you know the house of atreides and Acherus and this and that and i'm like wait 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 what every single time they kept throwing all this all this is very super super you know fiction this is like super fiction so i'm just listening going what the hell am i listening to like i was very very confused uh even with the dialogue and all the characters did you overall like the gist of of dune like do you like the overall story for me and i don't know if you felt the same way maybe you didn't think about it i got about halfway through this movie where i said to myself this reminds me of tron not so much the story but more like how it's shot the use of sound uh even some of the special effects are kind of tron-ish I like the interaction between the characters. I thought that, you know, what they were wearing was, was kind of cool and futuristic. I was more curious than 
you know, than excited to watch, if that makes sense. Like, I just wanted, I, I wanted to know what, like, what the end goal was. And I wanted to know, fill in the gaps that, were, that we were getting from Paul's dreams. And for me, that's what did it. I think even like the small things like making people with the blue eyes, like they they paid attention to, to detail. I would totally watch it again. I've seen it twice so far. I, I'd probably watch it again. So Paul Atreides, for me, he reminded me a lot of Anakin Skywalker from the prequel trilogy because, you know, remember when Anakin, he he had the ability to look into the future and see the future. He, he knew that Padme was going to die. That I felt like I was watching a little bit of the Matrix and the Star Wars prequel trilogy. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but yeah, those two film franchises kept popping into my head whenever I would watch both of these movies. So remember, I watched both of these movies back to back. I watched the original film when I popped on HBO Max, and then I actually went into the movie theater because I was like, you know what? I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling good today. Let me let me just go into the movie because you know me. I'm a movie theater guy. That's that's the best way to watch a science fiction movie, or just any movie in general. So Paul Atreides, what are your thoughts on his character? So you like the aspect that he had the ability to like look into the future? I mean, yes. So I, I like the, I like any movie that has a chosen one, right? Because it just, for me, I find that interesting. I find that like, that's kind of cool. Like what, wouldn't it be awesome to be the chosen one, right? So this movie is very much a, a chosen one movie. Uh, you know, we have Paul here who, you know, first of all, his parents weren't even supposed to have sons. And he was born because, you know, his mother loved his father that much, even though his parents aren't married. She's considered his concubine. I like his character. I like his progression as a as as a character throughout the film. You can see he matures. He's more confident, too. Like he has the fighting skills early on. That's very clear. The Atreides clan are known for their fight for their fighting skills. But he doesn't have gusto right to become the chosen one. And you see how he gets there throughout the film. And again, I had to watch this twice to understand that. I like Paul overall. I'm a big fan of Kyle. He was also in uh, Twin Peaks. So, you know, he's in him and David Lynch work a lot together. I thought he was a good hero. I liked him better towards the second half when he got a bit more confident in himself and more sure what he was doing. Because you go from Paul that's in the beginning very smiley and like wants to please everyone, at least in this version. And this new Paul becomes, you know, I'm the chosen one. Like, bow, he doesn't say it, but he's like, they bow down at this point. Like, he's trying to save this world. He's trying to bring peace to Arrakis. And it's really cool to watch. First of all, I did not know that Patrick Stewart was in this movie. I was like, oh, a little Star Trek, uh, little, little, you know, little, little bit of Star Trek in there. I thought that was pretty cool. The CGI looks so cheesy, like very much like Tron. You know, the spe that special effect was actually pretty cool. I changed my opinion on this in the second film. But in the first film, my only opinion on those shields... I'm like they're big, they're useless because if it all they can really block is a punch, like yeah, a knife is still gonna get through, a bullet's gonna get through. It's it, they were cool to watch. I think they were too kind of big, like they were just overly sized. I don't, I don't know why they were made that big. It would have been nice to see it more toned down a bit because you couldn't even see the two characters in the shield. It was, they were just all blurry. But yeah, I mean, I, I like the shields. I just thought they were useless in this movie. Like they don't they don't make a very good case for having shields. It's just I think it's just there to show up the special effects. It was great to see Patrick Stewart portray a different character other than Star Trek. When I was watching this movie, I was like, damn, that guy looks like Brad Dorff, you know, the voice of Chucky. And it is Brad Dorff. Uh, he played uh, Fade, if, 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 if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the name of the character. That was pretty That was pretty cool, him and his bushy eyebrows. He's in all the classics. Yeah. One of the characters who I really, really despise and I just couldn't get into it was the villain. 
Oh, what was the fat guy's name? Oh, Harkonnen. It was the, the oh, Baron. Oh. Yeah. That that took me out. I don't know. The special effects looked ridiculous. Every time he kept floating into the air, I couldn't get into it. And listen, I guarantee this is probably exactly like the book. For some reason, this didn't translate well on screen just for me. Maybe I need to watch it again. But that's the thing about certain movies. If I have to rewatch it in order to understand it... Is that my fault or is that the filmmaker's fault? Uh, you know, this is like a bit of a battle when I'm when I watch certain movies. Because listen, when I first watched The Matrix, I was like, I don't, I don't get it, and I haven't watched it since. Maybe I need to rewatch it, and maybe I'll have a another appreciation for this movie. Farconan is one of the prime examples, and I thought he was so hokey and ridiculous. He must have really disliked him because he got his name wrong. But <laughs> what was it? Farco- Far- Far- Farconan? Har- Harconan with an H. Oh, oh whatever. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it rhymed. It rhymed. <laughs> All right. Close enough. Close with no cigar. <laughs> so let me let me ask you a question about kind of the a lot a lot of the film does this. So I don't know if you noticed this. So like they kind of just throw voiceovers at you. It took me a second after it happened to to one or two characters to realize what was going on because they don't fade the light a little bit or they don't like they don't make it obvious that it's an internal thought. You kind of just left. You have to look at his lips in order to know, oh, he's not actually saying this This is what he's thinking to himself. And eventually you catch on and it starts to make sense. But the first few times, it's very confusing. Dude, I am so glad you brought that up because I thought it was just me. Listen, I am not the standard of excellence when it comes to filmmaking, right? But, you know, when you watch a movie, even though, let's say if you're watching a movie, a television show, whatever, you're supposed to know that the character is talking to himself. They didn't let the audience know that this character is talking to himself in his head or anything like that. They didn't, like, you know, have the character whisper. So, you you know, internally, this character is talking to himself. Every single time when... Paul Atreides was essentially talking to himself or that was so confusing. I was like, wait a minute, what's happening here? Is he talking to himself or is he talking out loud? The whole thing was very confusing. And I'm so glad you addressed that, Chris, because that was extremely confusing for me. First, I thought he was talking to someone else in his mind. I don't know why I thought that, but I had no point that I ever think to myself, oh, this is an internal thought he's having during the moment that he's having this conversation. And because it's not very obvious in the first few times, but you start again, you start to pick pick it up and you start to realize when it's happening and it's doesn't get as annoying as the movie moves on. But it is initially annoying and very confusing when it starts. This happened so often throughout the whole entire film. That was a distraction for me just as an audience member. The characters didn't work. I didn't like the mother. I didn't like the villain. The only character. See, I'm a little maybe I'm a little biased that worked was Patrick Stewart. But even even him, he I felt like he had nothing important to do throughout the entire film and i felt like his presence wasn't very effective and then they just like randomly found him like <laughs> down the in the desert i'm like what is going on here i was so confused i'm like wait he's alive <laughs> <laughs> i noticed that too dude i noticed that too and i was like wait what am i watching like what am i watching like may- you know what it is maybe it's like i said maybe it's just one of those movies that you have to rewatch again because it's it- it's a confusing film and I don't think this movie requires you to read the book because if that's to me that that that's just that's just a sign of bad filmmaking. If I need to read the book prior in order to understand this movie or appreciate this film, then the filmmakers did a bad job because it's just like the Harry Potter franchise. I never read any of the Harry Potter books. Reading a book and watching a movie are two different entities. You can't really compare the two. And I know it's 
unfair when it comes to movies like Dune because if I'm a, somebody who read the book, maybe I would hate the movie. No, for sure. And I want so another reason why I like this movie is so some of the dialogue which is ridiculous. So I I pulled this out because to me this really stuck out and I was just like I died laughing when this happened. So right in the beginning of the movie when the emperor is talking to that creature in the tank. Remember that like they roll him in. Do you remember when the creature goes I did not say this. I was not here. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I did notice that. Was, wait. So other movies would do it very a lot more subtly, right? They'll just go, uh, just you know, keep this between us. This guy, this slug, whatever was in that tank, just goes. I did not say this the way I just inflected it. It was very much. I did not say this. I am not here. I'm like, that's such a random line. That thing, I couldn't take that thing seriously. But in this movie's defense, I will give. David Lynch, I'll give him props because the music was amazing. I adored the music throughout this movie. This movie had incredible, had an incredible score. Yep, Toto. So the band that does the song Africa, that is my karaoke favorite, also did the soundtrack for Dune. I thought the music was excellent and that's the thing even though as soon as the movie start you have that goofy woman narrating the movie and i'm as soon as it started i'm like what the hell is happening that's, that's, that took me out but i was like you know what i don't care the music is great it, it really started to pump my soul i was really really energized and i was so excited to watch this movie then the films actually started and i was like oh dear what is happening yeah i love the music and i think it fit really well so props to toto for that i could see why people you know would find this to be kind of dull or slow moving because it really is slow moving and for the majority of the film it's not really until paul becomes this warrior and that he starts riding worms that we start to uh see some action happening and which is a very different situation than the remake so my last question for you did you have a favorite scene in the first act of the film where we have paul atreides and he is supposed to put his hand in a box I don't know why that scene spoke to me, but it certainly did. And I thought that was a very well-executed moment in the movie. She told him to put your hand in a box, and he's supposed to feel pain. And she was like, it was like pretty much a test. And I, th I thought that was very, very cool and effective. Uh, what about you? No, I agree. I think that was a great scene. I, that's one of the scenes that people remember most just because of how raw it is. Like, they pretty much tell this man, put your hand in this box. You're going to feel pain. If you move, you die. Like, very straightforward simple rules but his acting and that whole both both of them just were really good in that scene you actually feel what he's going through you know no you're not feeling the pain obviously but you can see in his eyes that you know he is feeling pain i will say that i don't think he went as far as i think he could have gone because if you're in that kind of pain i feel like you would express it more than what we saw on screen I think just the acting method was different for this film, but I feel like he would have shown a lot more pain. There is a stark difference also uh, in the remake, uh, but that's also my favorite scene too. So it's funny that you mentioned that. Oh, good. I'm glad because um, you certainly love this film and I did not. I thought it was awful and I don't, I don't want to revisit this movie ever again. I'm sorry. I, I Love is a strong word. I, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say I loved it. Like it had its, it had its issues. It's not something I would watch anytime soon, but I would watch it again you know, in a year or two from now. But we had a pretty fun conversation on this first June. <laughs> I learned that Jordan did not like this movie. Uh, it's yeah. very confusing, that's for sure. And you have people riding sandworms. 
So next, we're actually going to move on to the 2021 version of Dune that came out roughly two weeks ago. Uh, but before that, we are going to take a quick break and hear from a word from our sponsor. But keep it locked here on the Reboot Rewind. And welcome back to the Reboot Rewind. So we just spent the first half hour talking about, you know, Dune came out in 1984. And now we are moving on to the 2021 version that came out again, roughly a week and a half ago on HBO Max and in theaters. So I will go into some movie facts and we're going to skip the story because this is essentially the same story. So Dune came out in 2021. It was directed by Denis Villeneuve, produced by Denis Villeneuve, Mary Parent, Kale Boyer, and Joy Cassiallo Jr. Hope I got that right. Screenplay by John Spates, Denis Villeneuve, and Eric Roth, and it was released by Warner Brothers. It stars Timothy Chalamet as Paul Atreides, Rebecca Ferguson as Lady Jessica, Oscar Isaac as Duke Leto Atreides, Stellan Skarsgård as Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, Dave Bautista as Glossu Rabin, and Jason Momoa as Duncan. So Jordan, what were your thoughts on the 2021 Dune remake? Chris, I don't know if this is fair, but after watching that dreadful movie with David Lynch, this one left a sour taste in my mouth. Um, as for the remake, dude, everyone's loving this movie. Like everyone's loving this movie. Listen, I gotta be honest. This one was obviously better. It was, eh, it's okay. The first act I really liked. The second act, well, I was like, oh, this is, this is starting to get all over the place. Once it ended, I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite excited for the sequel. As for the movie, eh, the, you know, the cinematography was beautiful. Denis Villeneuve is a tremendous director. But I just think the overall story of Dune is just not for me. Chris, what about you, man? Did you like this remake? I, I did. I, I love this remake. Uh, I watched. Yeah, I, I watched this yesterday. And oh, my God, it was beautiful. Like cinematography was beautiful. The music was amazing. I love the cast. I feel like they you can see their feelings more. Like, you can you can see it so much more. I think it's explained better, right? They 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 fix a lot of things that the original one didn't do so well, like explaining the world or explaining what was going on, like the backstory. In this version, you get a very straightforward explanation. They they go into pretty good detail. You get to learn the characters better in this one. I think I care for these characters more. But yeah, it's a beautifully shot film, right? Given it, they're in, they're in a desert. It's almost only so much you can do. But I, I really love this. I'm so jealous, dude. I, I want listen. I was so excited for this movie. I was trim. I was honestly, I could not wait to see this. And this is before the original watching the original film. I could not wait to see this movie. I was like, oh my god, this movie is going to be movie of the year. It's going to be my favorite movie of the year. Denis Villeneuve is genius because didn't he direct Blade Runner twenty forty nine? He, I think he directed that one. I believe he also directed Prisoners, if I'm not mistaken. He's a fabulous director wonderful cast masterful cast timothy chalamet rebecca ferguson josh brolin oscar isaac this had a amazing cast again maybe i just need to re-watch this movie and because my brother taylor loved it he's like hey this movie's awesome i was like oh man i'm definitely gonna like it because for the most part me and him share the same interest when it comes to our movies he hated skyfall i love skyfall I mean, listen, film is subjective, so whatever. This movie, when it comes to its story structure, it tells it much better than the original film. It does everything 10 times better. But again, I'm just still, it's it's still Dune. And I'm going, eh, it's, it's fine. I get it. I understood it 
this time around more much more still a little confusing but i understood it much more compared to the original film this movie wasn't overhyped i just couldn't get into the story i wonder if your perspective would have been different if you watched a new one first before watching the original because i i often find like for a few of these shows i've watched the 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 reboot first and then i watched the original but in this case yeah i mean i wonder if you would have had a different opinion if you if you first watched this version you know with all the really dope effects and just a modernized version and then watched the remake i wonder what your thoughts would have been i you know it's funny because i thought the exact same thing you just said because you're right because think about it this movie is based on a book already right so this is already a pre-established you know franchise this is a this is already a book series so if I watched this original film without reading the book, without watching the original movie, if I went into this movie blind, maybe going into this movie, I already have I already have an idea what I'm going to watch because I watched the original film and it's also based on a book. So I'm already going to this movie like I already kind of know what I'm expecting. And maybe that also took away from my experience because I'm like, all right, I kind of already know what's going to happen because I literally just watched this movie two hours prior. So maybe you're right. I thought the exact same thing. And I, I think you might be right, Chris. Yeah. Is that my fault? Is that the film? I, I don't know whose fault that is. And that's the thing. It's very unfortunate. And I maybe I kind of robbed myself for that experience. Yeah, I feel like what may have happened is you were still so sour after watching the original that you took some of that anger <laughs> into the theater with you. You know, what I often do is when I see a remake, I look at a scene and I like immediately think back to how it played out in the original, right? So maybe it was something in your mind that like didn't let you enjoy it because you were comparing it so much to the original because to be fair, you had to for the show. I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. So let's let's talk about some good. All right. So real quick, uh, Timothy Chalamet, this kid is, is a one hell of an actor. I, I thought he was fabulous in this movie. Rebecca Ferguson, I loved her. In this movie as well, she was great. Josh Brolin was wonderful. Oscar Isaac. The, the cast is great. Everybody did a, a great job. The only one who I couldn't get into, and, and again, maybe it's because I recently just watched Dune, was um, Stellan Skarsgård's character. Harkonnen, Farkonnen, whatever his name is. <laughs> whatever his name is. I He looks so silly. I was just thinking about this because... They do something a little different in this version. And I don't know if you noticed. Maybe you didn't notice because you, you, I don't, I mean, you didn't really care about the first one. There's a scene in the, in the in, in both of these films where the the father, uh, the Duke Leto Artredes, is captured by the Harkonnens. And he's basically put on this drug where he really can't move his body. He's like just kind of foggy or whatnot. And then he meets the guy who betrayed them, who is a doctor that actually worked for the Duke. And what the doctor is, ends up doing is he puts this fake tooth in this guy in Leto's mouth so that he could use it once. So when you crush the tooth, it releases this vapor that instantly kills any, anyone who sniffs it. Think of it like, like a nerve gas. So the idea is that while yes, the Duke is about to die, at least his last act could be to also take out Harkonnen at the same time. So the idea is that once Harkonnen is close enough uh, the Duke will then bite down and then the gas gets released. So then it kills both kills both of them in initially in the original film. The Duke bites down, except he doesn't get Harkonnen. He gets uh, the guy that's played by uh, God. You just said his name. 
the from Chucky. Radorf? Yeah. So he, uh, yeah. I think his name is Fade. Fade, yeah. That was so the name f- of the character, yeah. Right. So Fade ends up getting the hit of of the gas, right? And it only affects Fade because it's, you know, it's, it's I guess it's a very small amount of gas. But Harkonnen lives. In the new version, in this time, Harkonnen's actually the one to lean in to Leto. And you see him turn on his shield right before he gets sprayed by the gas. But in this version, he actually does. He's the one that gets sprayed by the gas. It's not fate. It's actually, you know, Vladimir Harkonnen. And then you see him later on, like on the ceiling. I guess he flew up there somehow on the ceiling clutching. And then you see him again later on, I guess, in some kind of treatment. So I'm wondering if in the second part when we see him, whether he's going he's gonna to look a lot more like the original character with all the boils and all the stuff in his face. Yeah, I think you might be right. I didn't even think about that. You might be right about that, Chris. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I thought I thought that was pretty cool, actually. I'm not going to lie to you. And um, it was a, a nice little sort of a twist. And I, I, I thought that was very, very effective. Even though this movie was, was not my favorite, I'm still very much intrigued for the sequel. How did you feel about the Zendaya character? I mean, so we didn't really get much of her. And I understand it's because we're, we're going to see a lot more of her in the, in the second part. You do see her in the movie, but she doesn't talk and really until the end. So essentially, same story. Paul is having these dreams. He's seen Zendaya's character, Churi, in his dreams. But she, she never they never talk. They finally meet around the same kind of scene that happens in the original when, when Paul and his mother end up at the Fremen camp. And he meets Zendaya's character. I liked her, right? I think she she was kind of mellow, like mellow and like monotone, but I think that's the way the character is supposed to be played. Uh, so I, I liked her as this character. I thought she was 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 really well acted. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the second part for sure. I, I really really enjoyed this movie, but I did like her character. I was getting a little bit annoyed throughout the entire film with her because I'm just talking about mainly. Listen, she was in. She had very very little dialogue, especially up to the third act of the film. She was, you know, in it sporadically in the first two acts of the movie. And I felt like she was like, this was like the easiest paycheck for Zendaya, like the easiest paycheck. And every single time, like you would see her in Timothy Chalamet's like dream sequence or whatever you want to call it. I felt like she was um, modeling for like cover girl or something like that. I don't know. No, you're right. Because like all the scenes were just like her walking on a beach with like sandals on, like turning her head and she's wearing like these dresses. I'm like, are you modeling or are you just like chilling? What's going on here? I, 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 I definitely agree with you there. Oh, man, that was so funny. But listen, I mean, this is not her fault. I mean, listen, she was just following direction. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so the third act was great. I was like. Why couldn't the movie be this awesome like in the first two acts? But I, I'm just I'm nitpicking. I'm being I'm being very critical on this movie because it's 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 not really Denis Villeneuve's fault. I'm sorry, it's not his fault. Yeah, he has to, he's going based on the source material. Again, I loved it, but I I really thought that there was so during the scene where they're bombing the the site, like the Harkonnens are bombing the Atreides. I thought that was amazing. Like that whole action sequence, everything just blowing up. And also brings me to my next point. So earlier in the show, I brought up the sheet, the self shields that a lot of these people had, and how they had really no point. So I, I, I still felt that way in this version because, as we saw, you know, bullets can penetrate the shield, a knife with enough gusto can penetrate the shield. But then I realized those shields, when you're doing hand to hand combat, are super effective because you're essentially like you can block blows. Now I understand why they're useful, but they do nothing for any kind of projectile whatsoever. 
Yeah, they, they, they were honestly, they were very, very useless. It felt like they were just there purposely just for some cool action sequences. That's what it really felt like to me, of course. But then I also thought about this way. As much as they were sort of useless, that is something that I expect a human to make. Something that, you know, is just good enough, but not but not powerful enough to be able to stop like legitimate weapons. So I'm not saying that there's something that that's conceivable or something that can be made today. I think it's a it's a it's a shield that has its flaws, which I think is what makes it more believable in that sense. What do you think about the music in this one? I really thought the music was great. I thought it was on par, if not better than the original. I like Hans Zimmer. I think he's great. But after a while, all his music starts to sound alike because I really felt like I was listening to the music from The Dark Knight. And that's that is Hans Zimmer's trademark style. So I really can't. I'm sorry. I'm gonna fault him for that. That's 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 his that's his way of making music. The music was good here, but again, it just felt like another Hans Zimmer composing music that was good. But I, after a while, I had a hard time distinguishing which song is which from which movie. And I felt like I was listening to the music from The Dark Knight. I was like, is this Batman's music? Oh no, this is music from Dune. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't think about that until you said it. I, I would agree. I think as much as I love the music, I, I could see why you would think Dark Knight because a lot of the songs had very that like build up that you're they could yeah. like, it's like, like yeah, yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. That's in every in any any Zimmer movie. I, I definitely agree on that one. No, no, that's sure. The fight scene with Jason Momoa right before he dies in that corridor. Tell me that wasn't awesome. That was so sick. It wasn't me or the people that were dressed up in their you know, and with their little cloths over their eyes. I was like, that guy looks like Jason Momoa. Is that him? Yeah, so there, it, those are visions of uh, Paul. So because he, he's had this dream about uh, Jason Momoa's character named Duncan, uh, he does keep seeing him in other places, but only places where he has seen them in his dream. So basically he saw Jason Momoa's character sitting on that rock in his dream. So then he finally, he made it to that rock in person. And that's why he saw him again, because he's connecting the dreams to, to, to reality. Dude, I think it's just me, man. I need to read Dune for Dummies. That's what it is. Because like, I was just like, wait, what's happening again? It was too many moments in just both movies. I mean, I mean, not as much as, this version, this version was clearly a million times better than the original. You know what? Maybe I'll, I'll rewatch. I see this thing. I feel like in this incarnation for Dune, I have no problem re revisiting this one. I was like, you know what? I can, I can give this one another shot. That original movie, nah, dude, that was painful. That was too painful for me. I'm gonna be honest. Did, so, did you notice the Fremen? So, all the people who live in the desert with the blue eyes. Did you notice? Yeah. Did you notice that in this version, they they weren't as welcoming as they were in the original. So, in the original, Paul and his mother get there, and the Fremen are like, "Yo, come through! Like, well, welcome to the family. Whatever." It's very little pushback. In this version, they're like, they're they're super, just not very cordial to Paul and his mother, and they have the fight where you know Paul ends up killing. I think his name is Jarus, and that was Paul's first human kill and even his mother says you know he's never taken a human he's never killed another person before which is why he was hesitating and just kind of asking do you yield rather than just going for the kill i agree and that's the thing it makes me wonder which version was more accurate was it the was it the original film or was it the most recent reboot timothy chalamet is in real life he's 25 Apparently, the same actor who played Acrates or Adrades, whatever his name is, he was also 25. He looks much older at the time. And Timothy Chalamet looks incredibly young. 
Rebecca Ferguson is only 13 years older in real life compared to Timothy Chalamet. She's only 38. Oh, wow. And she was playing his mother. Yeah. That's crazy. She's 38 and he's 25. I mean, she does look older than him, but... Yeah, it's so weird. That that is, that is a really weird fact. It's okay to get actors that don't look their age. Like, clearly, Timothy Chalamet does not look 25 in real life. He looks like he's maybe 19, 18. But Rebecca Ferguson, I'm like, she's not that much older than him, if I'm not mistaken. I'm like, oh, she's only 13 years older than him. Also, Chris, I gotta say, watching on the big screen was glorious, dude. You're, you're robbing yourself, man. I was like, I'm in the movie theater like... Dude, I wish Chris could watch this on the big screen, man. This was, I could have watched this at home, but I was like, you know what? I'm making a day out of it. Gonna go get some popcorn, get some M&Ms. And I, I saw this on the big screen. I, I did it, even though I didn't love this movie. I was like, you know what? I'm glad I watched it on the big screen. Yeah, I watched it on my 4K projector. So that was nice. Uh, it was pretty large in my own home with no people okay, around. Yeah. That's how I do movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that you enjoyed this a little more than the original. That at least, like, I'll take that because. I can see why you didn't like the original. A lot of people were confused after watching the first movie, so I get it. I will also say that I, I generally like the ending to this movie, right? It leaves you in a place where, you know, if you've watched the original, you know what happens next. But it leaves you in a place where it do, it's, not a, it's not a cliffhanger, right? It's not enough where I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see the next film. But it's enough where I'm like, all right, now I really, like, I'm curious. I can't wait for the next one. But, like, it's, it's very controlled where it, it gives you just enough but not too much. I agree. And I, I felt like the ending was actually pretty perfect. And it gave me Lord of the Rings vibes because, you know, I mean, it was a, it was a bit abrupt, but it was also very appropriate for a film like this because, I mean, I did not realize this was a, a this is going to be a three part series because when the movie starts, it says Dune part one. I was like, oh, OK, so they're just letting you know that it's part one, because when it comes to the marketing, when it came to the marketing, they did not market this movie at all. Fun fact. So when I I started, I saw about 15 minutes of the movie when it dropped in HBO Max. And I remember very clearly when the movie started, it just said Dune. It wasn't until HBO green, greenlit a second part because it was so popular that they added part one to it. So they updated the, the file or whatever they use on HBO Max. But originally, the title card did say just Dune. And then once HBO was like, no, we need two more of these, they updated it to put Dune part one. You watched the first like ten minutes on. Wait, you said YouTube or HBO Max? HBO Max. So it dropped. Oh, it, it dropped the day wow. before it dropped in theaters. So I watched it the Thursday before it dropped in theaters, uh, or I watched the first fifteen minutes of it. I didn't watch the full thing, thing until last night, but I do remember distinctly watching it and and seeing the title card and seeing all it said was Dune. It wasn't until HBO recently greenlit two additional films because of how popular the first one was that HBO added part one under the title card and updated it. Wow, that's interesting. So it it, it does make me wonder because, yes, I, I, I did hear I, I heard that fairly recently that Warner Brothers greenlit two other movies, which is, you know, which is great. And I heard this movie is doing fabulous in the box office, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if it broke even already, but yeah, this movie is doing very, very well. Uh, all right, so the budget for this movie was $165 million, and as of right now, as we speak, it is at $299.3 million. So yeah, it's, it's doing fairly well, and it's only been out for like a couple of weeks. Yeah, and imagine what those numbers would be if it wasn't on HBO Max. Because And I really, and I really wish they released streaming numbers, because I want to get a full you know, number of how many people have watched this, because if it wasn't HBO Max, I can guarantee you the it would be almost probably double what it is now in terms of revenue. 
yeah, I know you're not a movie theater person. I understand that. But dude, this movie would have done so much. It would have made so much more if if they HBO Max didn't sabotage, you know, all the filmmakers because a lot of these. I don't know if you. I don't know if you heard. It's not just the uh, the Disney situation with Scarlett Johansson. Warner Brothers also backstabbed their the directors and producers and and filmmakers making these movies because they were signed to a contract saying that these movies were supposed to be exclusively their movies supposed to be exclusively. For the movie theaters, they were not supposed to be for HBO Max. Dune was made for the movie theater, even though I didn't love it. I, I definitely liked it much more than than the original. That, that that's actually very very fascinating. I did not realize that that you watched this movie like the first fifteen minutes, and this movie essentially just said Dune, the title card, and then they added that in later. I thought that's actually very very fascinating. I did not know that. Yeah, they uh they dropped it on HBO Max at 6 p.m. the day, well the day it was right before it was released at midnight, it was dropped on HBO Max. So I watched the first 15 minutes and I forgot why I stopped. I think it's because I got busy with something, but I remember distinctively it said Dune only on the title card. And a few days later, I want to say two or three days later after it was released, because it was so popular in terms of like people streaming it and initial box office numbers, HBO or Warner Brothers greenlit two additional films and they updated the title card to reflect Doom Part 1. So when you saw it, they must have already shipped an, an updated version with the updated title card because I think people who saw it in theaters saw just Dune without, without the Part 1 added. But I have two more questions for you. My first one being, uh, what was your favorite scene? I think my favorite scene was near the end when Paul he killed his first like human. I mean, they're humans that they live in the desert. They're called fremen, but they live they're fremen. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah. They're not. Yeah, they're human. They just live in the desert. I, that was it. Was a little shocking. I didn't expect that to happen, especially near the ending of the movie. And I thought that was very very well done. Uh, what about for you? I love the hand in the box scene. Actually, I, and I, I love this one better than the original. I'll tell you why. Because earlier I mentioned how. Yes, you saw emotion on original Paul's face, but I think Timothy Chalamet does it so much better. You can see, like his his he can see his like veins, and he can see there's like true pain in his eyes. And then suddenly he like takes control of himself, and he's like looking straight into the the witch's eyes, and he can tell he's just like bring it. He's like giving her that look, and it's just such a powerful scene. Maybe I think that's just supposed to be like one of the, the you know the highlights of the of the Dune franchise because I love the box scene in this version too. Uh, it was very well acted with uh, Timothy Chalamet. That kid, that kid's a star, man. He is a tremendous actor, and I can't wait to see him in more future projects in the near future because he's he's wonderful. Absolutely. And my final question: Do you think the reboot holds up? I mean, maybe it's too soon to say holds up because this movie just came out. If I had to give this movie a thumbs up or a thumbs down, I would give it a thumbs up because it's definitely not crap. It's definitely not a bad film. I just wish I loved it because I was a little disappointed because, again, maybe it's because I just watched that original Dune and I, that left a bad taste in my mouth. But I'm, I, I'm definitely going to revisit this movie and give it another go because I am far more interested in these characters. I thought the cast was tremendous. I thought the the, the look, you know, the cinematography, the direction of this movie was was definitely definitely well played. I don't know if I could say if it holds up. I think it's too soon to say. Uh, what about for you, Chris? What about you? What do you think? So I would say yes, it definitely holds up. Again, I like this one better than the original. I like them both, but this one is one of my new like top movies of the year, in my opinion. And I think it's going to do really well during the awards uh, season. I love when we disagree because it just makes the show a lot better. And clearly, both we disagreed on both of these movies. I like them both. I love the second one. Jordan, eh, not so much. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of mixed. I'm, I'm kind of mixed on, on the new one. But next week, we're actually going to be taking a break. So we will not have an episode next week. But following that, and mainly, all, and also, I want to say happy anniversary and a happy honeymoon to Jordan. He is going to Mexico. It is well deserved. And I hope you guys have an amazing time. When you get back, we're going to be talking the Man of Steel. So we're going back to DC. And we're talking Superman the movie, and we're talking Man of Steel. So that will be out in two weeks. We hope you guys listen. Uh, but until then, this has been the Reboot Rewind. We are on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We have a website. It's RebootRewindPodcast.com. There's also a link on there if you feel so generous to donate to the show. We would greatly appreciate it. But until two weeks from now, we wish everyone an amazing weekend. And we will see you on the next episode of the Reboot Rewind. Take care, guys. See you later. You've been listening to the Reboot Rewind podcast. To get in touch or suggest a reboot, send us an email at info at rebootrewindpodcast.com. That's info at rebootrewindpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.